So thank you everyone for joining me for another episode of Moms Who Art. We have a special guest today. Her name is Kayla Zanay. So how are you feeling today? Like, what's the vibe? So my energy is really good, actually. Today, so I have I have two children, Zuri, who is five, um, and Quali, who is four. Um, and he is, he has a traumatic brain injury, so has some medical complexities. And today was his first day in medical daycare or a school or however you want to describe it. So I'm feeling really good about that today. Um, He literally just came. He just got back off the bus just now. Wow. Um, So, yeah, I'm really on the high. Just just the the fact that I opened up to him actually going to this daycare. Yeah. Yeah. we moved New Orleans from D.C. in December, on December 1st. There's been a whole lot of transitions for us. And it just came, it just felt, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, like, the, the people at the daycare, that they were very adamant mm-hmm. about me being open to him coming. Because eventually it was like, okay, that's the right yeah. thing for us to do. Because he needs, we all need yeah. our peer engagement. And I had to, I had to let him let him be free today. Mm. So that's what I did, and it feels good that I didn't call them or um, I did send them an email to let them know like some some things that they should know about him and you know yeah. his behaviors or whatever or cues. But other than that, everything went really smooth. Wow, that's so, so good to hear. I'm yeah. grateful. That's amazing. So um, I wanted to ask. The first question I always ask is, who are you? And that's so that you can introduce yourself to the audience and the listeners. So who are you? I am Kayla Zanay. I am a birth worker, um, a mother, a sister, Mm. a safe space curator. I like using that. And what does art mean to you? Art is a form of a form of who we are. So I, like a lot of times people would like randomly, I used to work in restaurants a lot and um, based on like how I dressed and stuff, like people would be like, oh, I just know you're an artist. And I used to be like, I'm really not because I had this idea of what an artist was and I didn't feel like I fit into whatever, you know, people describe artists to be. But we're all artists in our own way, whether like we, whether it's specific to like poetry or writing or any of those things, like you still have art or something that you create. So it's really mm-hmm. art is a form of creation for me. And yeah. we're all creators naturally. So I like to classify any and all of us as creators and artists. So art to me mm-hmm. is creation. And um, just openness, because when we're open with ourselves and with each other, mm. we're able to create whatever it is, what, however that looks for yeah. us. And in what ways do you express yourself through art? Um, mainly, I think mm. just holding space for people is mm. my form of art and like telling my story, whether and just being like in a form mm. of transparency is art for me because we always were 
um, you know, our throat chakra is real. Mm-hmm. Utilizing it is real. And it's healing every time. I feel like, I don't know if you just posted this. Somebody just posted this. But, like, the the yeah. importance of telling your story and how healing it is yeah. for you and for other people. So, those that's one of the main ways that I feel like mm-hmm. I utilize art. And also, being a birth worker is a, is a form mm-hmm. of art to me. Because it's nothing closer to, like, more sensitive than birth. Um, and I don't like to, like, categorize, minimalize birth work to just, like, being, attending a birth. Because there's so many, like, um, sensitive mm-hmm. spaces in birth work before birth actually happens and after yeah. birth happens. So even if we're doing postpartum work or like a maternal um, social worker or whatever like all of these spaces are sacred and especially for mm-hmm. black women and uh, I'm thinking about one of the clients <laughs> at my job she expressed that she tells in terms of like like in terms of like her need she tells enough to get what she wants but not enough to draw too much attention to herself. So, like, um, so when I think about safe space and art, um, it's it's people feeling comfortable enough Mm -hmm. to tell you those things that aren't, um, that they wouldn't feel comfortable telling other people. Um, Even if you are in a complex field, like the medical field. Um, just being able to to hold mm. space for folks. What called you to become a birth worker? Having a positive birth experience with my mm. daughter. So um, when I was pregnant with Zuri, I I love that I know. Book of our daughter's I love name, it. and um, I bought the book, and she was like. This is so my name. <laughs> I was like, her daughter's name is Zuri too. She was like, this is for me. I was like, well, technically it is now. I love <laughs> um, but um, so when I was pregnant with her, I, of course, was like looking up all the like holistic ways that I could birth, uh, but also knowing that like midwifery, mm. like I can afford a midwife yeah. or a doula or any of those things like I was barely I was out here working every day to get an apartment so that I made sure like that I didn't have my child in a smoke yeah. <laughs> smoke infested house not smoke infested but like just in a clean mm-hmm. environment um, and when I, I worked downtown DC at the Frederick Douglass not Frederick Douglass FDR Memorial. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Black History Month. I want him to be black, but he's not. Um, so I was working at FDR, and he, this woman, this this woman came in, and she just like it's tourist season, but she would not stop telling me like all these different things about yeah. birth that I should do, and she was, um 
this colorless lady from mm-hmm. Hawaii, yeah. but she was really awesome. She ended up, I consider her like, she was like my, she introduced mm-hmm. me to the birth world because she gave me like all the things that I needed, the tools that I needed for yeah. my birth, um, like to, to approach the birth better mm-hmm. and with ease. And um, she, she practiced the Lamaze birthing style but like the traditional birthing style so she would always say like whatever they teaching now like that's not <laughs> what she teaches because <laughs> it's different and not the same but she she practices yeah. the original way um and she so she told me all these things gave me her number um and then I had I had a, a hospital birth but it was very quick mm-hmm. and unmedicated and just like everything that I needed it to be, I spent all my time mm. laboring at home um, for the majority of my labor. I didn't mm. even know I was in labor until um, so my godmother was like, you're probably having contractions. <laughs> so I was like, you think so? I'm on the phone with her like all day. And she's like, I really think that that's what's happening. And of course, um, you know, like things transitioned, whatever, um, to the point where I was in the house with my mother um, while I was laboring. And she was like, she started cursing me out. She was like, why the fuck is you still in here? (laughs) She was like, you need to be, like, in the hospital. So this is before we, I even had a vehicle or anything. So we Ubered to the hospital. And um, I got got a really nice Uber because I don't know what kind of car it was, but the back seat lady leaned back a little bit. And it was like... (laughs) It was a small car, but the backseat was back. I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, but, um, you know, like, they do. I can't even triage. Wow. That's how close I was to, like, birth, wow. <laughs> to pushing. Like, I was in the hallway, and one of, they did have midwives at the hospital, oh, wow. gracefully. But, you know, the not the same. But one of the midwives, like, walked past me. She was like, she needs to be in a room. I'm like, yeah, that's what I was telling yeah. these people. They weren't trying to hear me. Um, I had this beautiful birth and I felt called to I was like I don't know like what mm-hmm. being a birth worker looks like but I know that I have to be like in this like practicing this in some kind of way because I want I want other women to have the same kind of experience mm-hmm. that I had and um, so my what's her name Janice Janice is the colorless lady from Hawaii. She, um, we kept in contact and she ended up buying me a ticket and a room with her in DC to this Mm. birth summit. And all this, all these different women from all over the country came to this birth summit. But afterwards it was a meeting specifically for black birth workers at this summit. So there is where like, that's where it really began. Um, but she, she was very, I appreciated her because she was very adamant about me going to that, like, to this, um, the Black Birth Worker meetup afterwards. And um, she was like, I wish I could go. <laughs> <laughs> but I went there and I met, like, all some amazing women from all over, mm-hmm. but also in D.C. who, um, so I was able to get a doula training that was income-based, um, which was great. So, um I did that, like started my journey into birth work, but then I got pregnant mm. with Quali. 
So I never got to like, like as we were doing the last of the trainings, because there were multiple different yeah. ones that we did. Um, I was pregnant with him and um, I had him oh, prematurely. So I had him at oh, 26 wow. weeks. He was a very unplanned mm-hmm. child. Also a child that I wasn't like, neither of us mm-hmm. planned this child. And um, our relationship, like my relationship with their father mm-hmm. was horrible. Not, was very rocky at the time. So it was like, it didn't make sense for me to have this child. And I'm a very pro-choice yeah. person. And I was like, look, we, you know, um, I didn't, I've heard like the trauma stories that you hear about abortion clinics yeah. and stuff like that. So I wanted to make, like, I didn't want the child, but I wanted to make sure like I, I didn't have a, um, a negative experience. So I guess, I spoke mm-hmm. with the healer and got like some herbs and some like abortion pills based on like the amount mm-hmm. of weeks that I thought I was, but that yeah. was not accurate. So I did take the pills and I bled and all the things yeah. that I was supposed to do, but I was like, I still feel pregnant like some weeks wow. later, <laughs> like what was happening. And I went to the hospital and they told me then that I was, I think they said I was wow. 14 weeks which is still in the range if I wanted to get to terminate the mm-hmm. pregnancy. So I made an appointment and at the appointment they were like, how, um, they were like, how far along did they say you were in the mm-hmm. ER? I was like, um, 14 weeks. I was like, that should be like maybe 15 or 16 now. And she was like, no, you're 20. Wow. I was like, oh, so, like at that point, you know, they could tell you the sex of your yeah. baby. So, that was a that was a that was a big wow. gap. Um, so that was that was a message for me, of course, that like this child clearly mm-hmm. wants to be here. And one of my um, one of my best friends, like, yeah, and I'm sure that it's a boy. So, <laughs> and you got him. Up. <laughs> so um, clearly, I did. But um, from that point, I'm like you know, all the things that was going on in my relationship, all that stuff. I'm like, I need to make sure I can provide for this child. So I'm working mm-hmm. in the restaurant wow. while pregnant as many hours yeah. as I can. So the amount of stress that was on my body mm. at that time. Um, and also like black women pride because whenever people be like, mm, let me carry that tray. I used to be like, get the mm. fuck away from me. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then here comes preterm labor. Wow. So, um, he was breached and 26 weeks. So they were like, um, ma'am, we're going to go ahead and suit you up for this cesarean, which was completely the opposite of the experience that I had with Zuri. So it was, um, it was a lot yeah. to handle, even on top of like having a NICU baby. But I feel like that was really important for me in terms of like experiencing both ends of the spectrum like it could really Mm -hmm. go either way um and we all like we like to look at birth as this like beautiful and organic experience which it can be but it also can be very traumatic Mm -hmm. for people and so um and then it also gave me that that perspective of like not immediately being around your child after Mm -hmm. birth also 
like trying to figure out balancing parenting and pumping and finding rides to the hospital or like the guilt that you feel from not being able to see your baby every day because when you don't have a ride or you have another child to Mm -hmm. care for and having a cesarean and the two-month recovery from that knowing that you need to be like resting but also like no I need to see my baby so I can make sure that we're connecting and all those things and then you have a one-year-old who also is attentive so it's like um a whole lot within a short span of time but um he was he did two months in the Mm -hmm. NICU he came home around my birthday he came home on December 15th um which it was like a miscommunication with me and the doctor about that date because he was like, oh, he's coming home on Wednesday. And this is like Monday. So, of course, I thought it was the Wednesday yeah. that was coming up. But he meant the next Wednesday. And But on this Wednesday, I'm already ready for my baby. So, I need you to do whatever mm-hmm. you need to do to make sure my baby's coming home yeah. this Wednesday. So, we had to go. Um, he had to come home on an apnea monitor to <clears throat> monitor his heart rate. Just to make sure he wasn't like dipping low and forgetting Mm -hmm. to breathe like these preemies do um but everything was fine in that regard and two months from then two months later he experienced his traumatic brain injury which um like is where he is now in terms of like um being ventilator dependent and trach dependent Mm -hmm. And the traumatic brain injury and G-tube and all the things. So there was a, a whole lot of turns of events and and within a year span in terms of like what motherhood looked like and what adjusting and just like all the different layers of things that can happen um, in such a short period of time. Yeah. Wow, I I got chills. It's just a lot. Like I can't believe that all that happened in such a short period of time. And like, how? I just want to ask, like, how are you? Like, what was the process for you to even process all of that? It took really years of processing. Especially, like, in the relationship aspect of things, because there was a, like, just accepting that, like, his father did something harmful to him to cause this Mm. injury. Like, that took years for me to process. Um, And so, uh, so the beginning of, like, that transition and him being hospitalized and getting the trach and all that stuff, it was really me and my mom like my mom became my co-parent because there was there was um like there was it was undeniable in terms of like in the law enforcement view of things that you know his father did something harmful he has to go to jail like that's what that is but with me and my denial it was like this is my partner he wouldn't have done anything harmful to our child Uh, and um so I'm like, 
trying to be like hold it down while your baby dad is in jail <laughs> and but also like hold it together because your son's in the mm. hospital and um you need to figure out like and working and um like planning a move because um like because of the transition with with quali's care and and like learning about the trick we had to do like trainings and all this different stuff but in terms of resources in the area in the dc area um, we were living in maryland at the time of things but dc has a lot of resources for um just families in general but more importantly families with special needs so um we we knew that we need i knew that i needed space specifically for quality like he needed his own space and um i spoke with like social workers and stuff and they were like if you want like this to go smoothly i suggest you move back to dc so that's what i did i looked for places in dc we moved back to it was a long process in terms of like finding the place getting the assistance that i needed for the place um because the his his brain injury occurred in February of 2017, and we he had to stay in a like a rehab center until basically the end of August when we finally were able to get everything together. So a lot of that time was just them waiting for like we just waiting for mom to secure housing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I did, and I was able to like really make that space like the safe space that I needed it to be and like a healing environment for him like make his pain his with the arm symbol on the wall and the um, Native American Mm -hmm. healing hands so it was that was a great space for us as a family Um, but in the middle uh, in the midst of that I'm also like still trying to be mm-hmm. a girlfriend yeah. <laughs> to this person. Um, and so it took me, it took me a long time to, I think it was July of 2018 when I finally was like, Kayla, mm-hmm. what the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, and it really wasn't, like I had battled with like the, the abuse part of it for a long time. Um, but I was like, like the relationship aspect of it, like this person as a partner, looking mm-hmm. at the partner aspect and not looking at the father mm-hmm. and partner aspect because he wasn't a good partner either. But I like in my mind, I portrayed yeah. him to be that way. And for me, and I've learned uh, about what I've learned about myself in relationships is it. It's it's always a build up for me. Like it has to be like fifteen red flags before <laughs> I <laughs> before yeah. I wave the white flag. So um but the main thing is like when when I feel like somebody gets me to the point of like immediate anger mm-hmm. because I'm not an angry person. So if you say something or do something and I look I literally looked at him like I can smack <laughs> the shit out of you right now. And I'm not I've never yeah. been in a fight in my life. So if I could look at you and think that yeah. I could smack the shit out of you, then I don't need, this is not mm-hmm. a space that I need to be in. But um, 
I say that to also say like um the 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 relationship mm-hmm. wasn't good from the start one and if I hadn't if I didn't have quality I probably would still mm-hmm. be in that relationship so the the turmoil of like motherhood brought me back to like quality mm-hmm. saved me from that relationship and where that relationship yeah. could have been because there was a lot of verbal abuse and a lot of throwing things mm-hmm. around the house um and no it wouldn't hit you or it wouldn't be a direct hit to like you wouldn't directly mm-hmm. hit me but that doesn't mean that it wouldn't have mm-hmm. gotten to that point um and even like with me coaching and letting this person know I don't respond to yelling so if you want to have a conversation to me with me we have to have a conversation on like yeah. common ground so if you're ready come back to me when you're ready to talk at this level and if you're not ready to talk at that level then I'm not yeah. going to respond to you um and he he definitely learned that in the space but there there was no like turning yeah. that around or the or the blaming of me for like him going to jail was my fault. And it's like, no, you went to jail because of you did something harmful, but because he didn't feel like I defended his fatherhood in the right way, um, he went to jail. If I would have said this instead of that, then he wouldn't have gone. Um, but he ended he he ended up having his his trial and this was a year of us not no longer yeah. communicating so that was what 2019 where when his trial actually happened and he was sentenced to 12 years and he will be eligible for parole in four i think um but you know, that's that's something, like, that's a chapter that this family can close, at least temporarily, because we don't know what kind of energy he's going to have when he's back into yeah. the regular world. Um, but the moral of, of that was that with without quality, I would have, even more so without mm-hmm. the brain injury, because even still having quality, like, I probably mm-hmm. still would have been there. And, like, been uncomfortable in my house and telling my sister and my mother, like, just ignore him. Y'all know how he is. Like, just um, just the spaces that you're, you shouldn't be in in a relationship. Um, and that discomfort that you're not supposed to have in your own space. Like, waking up like, you don't know what kind of mood yeah. this nigga in today. And we're going to hope mm-hmm. it's a good one. Because, you know, I'm not. Even, even even that day that the injury happened, like his energy was like, when I woke up, he, we weren't in the bed together. He, he slept on the couch because I wanted Quali in the bed with me. He's like, why you can't put him in the crib? I'm like, cause are you going to wake up in the middle of the night <laughs> to go pick him up to come breastfeed him? Because if you are, then, <laughs> you know, we could work on that. But otherwise, no. And 
that morning we said nothing mm-hmm. to each other the whole the whole morning but he had quali had an important mm-hmm. appointment that day so my mother and zuri were out of the house it was just us three there we we're getting ready for mm-hmm. this appointment and the injury happened while i was in the shower getting ready for the appointment so it was really um and the only thing that he said to me was that he stopped breathing and being a premature child like i just told you like he came home on the monitor so it's like there's a possibility that he stopped breathing so we i learned newborn cpr for this reason let's do this um but the next time i see my child it was like ain't no way that this is you know how things happen or this there's no way my child has a freaking cast on his head because he stopped breathing like and all these um all these different hookups but um overall as a as a complex Mm -hmm. care child he is very um very very Mm -hmm. low maintenance and very um healthy because when i i think it's been it's been two years since he had to go to the hospital for anything besides like regular checkups um we did have a hiccup here where his trach was plugged so i guess i can count that one to break our Mm two-year streak but we never we didn't have to stay there so i I don't i don't think i can count it (laughs) because we didn't have to stay um we're not counting that either. Um, but that's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. been a ride, but it's definitely it's definitely mm-hmm. worth the ride. Cause they definitely balance each other out because Zuri has all the energy <laughs> all the time. And sometimes I just need the peace and quiet that is mm. quality. Um and sometimes he needs her to be yeah. yelling and doing all that she does. Energy. So yeah, yeah, and she's very helpful as a sister too, which is needed now that we're we're away from mm-hmm. family and like thriving by yeah. ourselves. So I'm grateful, I'm grateful overall for this mothering yeah. journey. And so. I know you um, used to facilitate like sister circles and um, I wanted to ask, what is the meaning of sisterhood and why do you feel like it's so important? Um, I think that a lot of, um, a lot of people have like this, well, not I want to say a lot of people, some women have this, like this idea that they can't, they can't connect with mm. other women. And we can connect with anybody as women. Like we connect on the basis that we're mm. a woman, especially as yeah. black women. And um, most of my circles were exclusive to us because we need those safe spaces. Um, I was open to like opening them up to like all kinds of women but I I haven't gotten to that point yet Um, but I wanted to there will always be spaces that are specific to us because that's what we need Um, and sisterhood 
for me, it, sisterhood, ha, along with motherhood, has like saved my life and mm-hmm. being able to like reflect my freely amongst other women. It's just a, a sense of peace that you have to experience to understand. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, and it's just it's just joy because and wisdom. And I'm really I'm very uh, like I like bouncing off ideas and reflecting with multiple people because we all have our own like way of thinking and or it's not exclusive in any kind of way so um maybe inclusive is what i meant but we all think mm-hmm. we all think for self for the most part you know group think is a thing but for the most part like we all have our own thoughts and ideas around things and it's just eye opening and mind opening whenever you hear someone else's perspective without like without judgment or like and I that's what that's really what sisterhood has been it's like teaching mm. teaching me not to judge as a, <laughs> as a Sagittarius I feel like that's easy to do you just be looking at people <laughs> like girl what are you doing um but it's really taught me like mm. to be accepting and especially when you're young you think like <laughs> That would never be me. And I say, and when people like, when people tell me like, that they think that I'm strong or like, they don't know how I did these things in terms of like, what I've Mm -hmm. experienced with motherhood. And I tell Mm -hmm. them like, you would have done it if it was you. Like, if you, you wouldn't have told, being able to tell me at 19, Mm -hmm. one that I was having two children at all, because I was never (laughs) the one to watch anybody's child. So that was, um, that was never have been a thing for me or that like motherhood would look like this for me. I'd be like, who the hell life is that? You know, but when, when you have to go through it, you go through it. (laughs) Like I had no other choice. Like, what was I going to do? Like there were times when I cried about it and like, you know, had to reflect in different spaces and go through therapy and all those things but in addition to all of that like I had to go through it and I went through it because (laughs) what the fuck else was I supposed to do yeah besides go through it like you know and because I've been through things um because I've been through so many things, it has highlighted sisterhood for me. Because mm-hmm. I've always had a sister to support me, no matter what it, mm-hmm. no matter how long they stayed around, or, um, or like what capacity it looked like, whether it was a meal, mm-hmm. um, a ear, a prayer, a, um, I had my closest sisters like learn how to care for quality mm-hmm. when I did so they could help me. Um, and then there were times when I didn't need, I had nursing, I didn't need anybody to do anything for me for quality, yeah. but I needed somebody to pick Zuri up from school. 
and I had sisters for that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't always the same sister, you know, it was maybe for three months, it was this sister. Yeah. And for the next three months, it was that sister. So because I realized like, mm-hmm. I've seen the power in sisterhood. Like I want everybody the same thing with birth, like I want everybody to experience mm-hmm. this, the beauty of sisterhood, because nobody's going to mm-hmm. hold us up like we hold us up. Um, so if, like I say, if even if it's just one sister, but I don't want it to just be one sister because we have to like lighten the load for each other. We don't want to always call on this one person and dump or, um, express in this one space. So create a community of sisters. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you need a thing like this, you can go here. That's what's really important to me because sometimes I need, I know I need mm. to hear the feedback that I'm going to get from this person. Um, and that might be in my same circle of friends. And I seen um, someone that posted about um, like, even if like keeping things that somebody shares with you to yourself, even if it's yeah. in the same circle, like if somebody told you this thing, and they didn't tell the other person. It was for a reason. Even if we're all sisters, you know? So um, just making sure we're always yeah. acknowledging safe space uh, with each other. And that's the, the, the source of sisterhood for me. That's so beautiful. I'm just so happy that we got to do this. But that was actually my last question. So... Did you have anything that you wanted to um, add or leave with, like a message to share? So this is a a question that I put on Twitter last night or this morning. And it was when given the option to choose yourself, Mm. how many times would you do it? So as I'm reminded to choose myself in different situations, and, you know, figuring out what boundaries look like and all those different things. That my message to whomever, sister or not, um, mm-hmm. is to choose yourself. Even when we, especially as empathetic mm-hmm. empaths, there you go. Um, <laughs> I'm like, wait, that's the, that's the thing. Um, especially as empaths, we, we like... We want to hold space, and it's important to do that, too, but don't ever choose somebody else over you or making somebody comfortable over you, making yourself comfortable, because living a life in regret is not for any of us. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Moms Who Art. I want to thank Kayla Zanay for her bravery, her honesty, her openness, her vulnerability. And I just hope that you appreciated her words as much as I did. And until next time, peace and love to y'all.